You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. It's the third Saturday in October, so you know what that means. It's Alabama and Tennessee, and really, has it not been bigger this century until this upcoming Saturday, a huge matchup between number three and number six. Hello, it is Wednesday, October 12th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm Brendan Marcello. We're going to break down this huge rivalry game and could potentially have playoff implications with Bama Online's Travis Ryer and Patrick Brown of Go Vols 24-7. Gentlemen, this has to be the biggest game between these two. Like I said, this century, can you guys pinpoint maybe a, a bigger matchup with as much hype? Patrick, I can't. I don't know about you, but maybe that 2015-2016 window, we were anticipating some big games and had a close game in Tuscaloosa back in 2015. That was a 21-14 affair. And then a year later, thought we might get another one of those. But I think... Correct me here, Patrick, if I'm wrong. I think Tennessee lost at A&M maybe the week before, and that took some of the luster off of it, and Alabama sort of rolled in Knoxville a week later. Yeah, yeah Travis, that was the immediate thought when Brandon asked the question was was 2016. I think they were both in the top 10 at that point. Uh, Tennessee, that was also the last time they started 5-0, and but they had lost that game against Texas A&M. You're right. That was a double overtime game, kind of a crazy game. Tennessee had played a bunch of crazy games up to that point of that season under Butch Jones. And I think they were around ninth or 10th in the rankings when, when Alabama came to the stadium. But yeah, that was definitely not not a close game. I think it ended up being 49-10. But a stat that, that has blown me away is that this is the first time Tennessee has gone uh, into this game unbeaten since 1998, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, rarely do we see that. In fact, Tennessee's got three ranked wins in the regular season as of right now. The last time they had four ranked wins in a regular season, which could come if they upset Alabama, 1998. So recent trends here in this series, I mean, Bama has won all 15 matchups since Nick Saban's been there against Tennessee, which is the second best stretch against any SEC team outside of Arkansas, which they, they've beaten 16 straight times, uh, including this past couple of weeks here. So, But things are changing a little bit, as we've seen with Tennessee being undefeated at this point, beating three ranked teams. And then also, Hendon Hooker at quarterback and Josh Heupel running that offense. Last season, we saw some peaks as well. Tennessee scored 24 points against the tight in a loss, the most points they have scored against Nick Saban's Alabama teams as he took over in 2007 uh, in the series history. So Tennessee trending up. They're kind of closing that gap a little bit. Hendon Hooker, a Big reason why here in these last eight games, he's thrown 19 touchdown passes against zero interceptions. Patrick, what has changed for Tennessee's offense to make it so consistently explosive? Well, Brand, I, I think it starts with Hendon Hooker. He, he's the key to to everything that they do. Um, and you're sort of seeing the, the benefit of him being in the second year of the system. Uh, there's a lot of quick decisions that have to be made when you're running this tempo, and he's just so locked in and so comfortable with what he's seeing from the defense. He knows where to go with the football. Uh, he knows where the advantages are in terms of uh, where there's a numbers 
situation in Tennessee's favor, whether it be in the box to run the ball, whether it be outside in some of their quick game. Um, he trusts his guys on the outside. I mean, you look at these last two games, Tennessee's put up over 500 yards, scored 38 points on Florida, scored 40 on, on LSU, left points on the field in both those games. And they came without Cedric Tillman, who's probably one of the best receivers in, uh, in the SEC. And uh, they've just plugged in other guys. They didn't have their starting left tackle against LSU, just plugged in a couple of guys there and kept on rolling. So uh, Hooker's the guy that makes it all work. He, he's he's sort of like a point guard, distributing the ball, getting the ball to where it needs to go, and uh, he's doing everything uh, as a passer, working the ball quick outside, over the middle, down the field. He, he's been making some big plays, and uh, his running ability, too, has gotten him out of some some trouble as well. So this is an offense that, that's going to put up points. You look at that game last year, they could not run the ball on Alabama. Uh, they're coming off a game against LSU where they ran for 263 yards. Uh, and a lot of that was the running backs. It wasn't like the Florida game where a lot of that was hooker running and uh, and scrambling for a lot of yards. So uh, this offense, it, it's, you know, I think a lot of people maybe outside Tennessee, maybe in the rest of the SEC thought there'd be sort of a maybe a sophomore slump. But everywhere Josh Heupel's been, their, their offense has been just as good or even better in the second season. I think you're seeing that. And uh, it obviously starts with the guy at quarterback who is uh, playing really, really well right now. Yeah, Tennessee, one of only three teams in college football to score 34 points or more in every game this season. An absolutely torrent of just points here. And so we go into this game, everybody talking about Tennessee's quarterback, Kenan Hooker. And then Alabama, it almost seems like we're waiting to see like who should be the Heisman favorite there among that team. And Jameer Gibbs has exploded here these last two weeks. 360 yards the last two games, really coming on strong. And to me, this is maybe a game where the potential for a Heisman moment presents itself because it's two highly ranked teams, big time television game, Jameer Gibbs, Hendon Hooker. What do you think this is to you guys? Maybe the game we look back to see, oh, that's why that guy was in New York City at the end. Uh, very well could be, Brandon. And you talk about Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, it's an astounding couple of weeks for the Georgia Tech transfer. Really, 301 yards in his last five quarters because he absolutely yeah. exploded in that fourth quarter at Arkansas. So I think it looks like he and his offensive line, you know, we equate rhythm, right? Passing game so often. But it looks like here in these last couple of games, that's equated more to the run game for Alabama because they've been very much in sync. It's as if he has a better understanding of when the cracks are going to come and a lot of outside zones that they run and he has that explosive capability when he plants his foot and gets north and south not a lot of inside linebackers can cut him off on that play and you saw it with bumper pool you saw it with a&m's guys last week a&m actually did a pretty good job to keep him from hitting one for 50 plus so no jameer gibbs has been a revelation he's been really what they had hoped and expected he would be based on what we saw from him in two years at georgia tech but you know, there's no question. Bryce Young is paramount to this game because yeah, if you- it does turn into some semblance of a shootout, you know, that's where a guy from a year ago who helped Alabama convert 15 of 20 thirds against Tennessee and Tuscaloosa. And then Alabama was seven of seven in the red zone. And those were all touchdowns, no field goals. So for them to have a chance to be in that neighborhood again this year, Jameer's important, but Bryce is the story. You can catch number three Alabama at number six Tennessee at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time Saturday on CBS. Much more on the game after these messages. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you mentioned that Bryce Young, of course, has been out for the bulk of the last two games, and <clears throat> he's maybe available. We don't quite know as we're recording this right now, but it certainly seems to be trending in that direction. Bryce Young, of course, the Heisman winner from last season. And then you mentioned Jameer Gibbs and how he was almost kind of a security blanket early in the Texas A&M game last week. They went to Gibbs early, even in the passing game, to kind of get Jalen Milrow, the backup quarterback, some confidence. But of course, there were turnovers by the Tide. So going into this, one, do we feel good about Bryce Young returning? And two, how much more different does this offense look with Alabama when they go on the road with Bryce Young compared to Jalen Milrow? Yeah, between the three of us, raise your hand if you really think Tennessee's spending a lot of time on Jalen Milrow to start this week. I don't see any hands on the video here. No, I mean, I think you have to have Jalen ready, but certainly the hope has been and sort of the trend has been since late last week that he would be on a path to play in this game Saturday. So, you know, look, Tennessee's already seen in the last two games, seen Jaden Daniels, seen uh, Anthony Richardson. So they've already had Jalen Milrow prep, right? In some ways, at least in a lot of attributes that Jalen brings to the table. And, you know, I think for Jalen, it was obviously a shaky start against Texas A&M, turned the ball over way too much. But I think the other side of that is now that he's been through that, I think we'll see the best of Jalen Milrow in the future. Obviously, a very anxious young player in that start against Texas A&M. Sometimes you're better off just being thrown into the mix and not being able to think about it like he was at Arkansas. And instead, he had the full week to the primetime matchup with A&M and and all the things that go with that. So, no, I, I, I would be surprised, barring setback, if we didn't see Bryce Young this week. Yeah, Alabama threw for 111 yards against Texas A&M with Jalen Milrow, a quarterback. That's the least amount of passing yards since the 2017 Iron Bowl for the Tide. Things would look much different, you would think, with Bryce Young in the fold. That's a huge storyline, obviously, the storyline to watch when it comes to Alabama's roster going into this game. So Tennessee's defense, the numbers that have improved since last season are incredible, especially third down defense. And obviously, that's critical to get, get off the field. And we mentioned it last year, Alabama just killers on third down conversions against the Vols. Do the numbers hold up for Tennessee going into this game with that third down defense? It's it's at 32% conversion rate for opponents right now, which is tied for 33rd nationally. But the last two games, each opponent's been almost near 50% and conversion rate. What do you think, Patrick? What's going on there with the third down defense for the Vols going into this game? Yeah, Brandon, th- this defense is, its I don't i don't think it's going to scare anybody, um, whether it's on third down, first down, second down, or fourth down. But what's key for this group is, is like you talked about, situational defense, and, and the last two games are the best example of it. Florida went for it six times on fourth down, got five of them. They ended up with almost 600 yards of total offense. And then uh, in the first half down in Baton Rouge, Tennessee gets three fourth down stops. One of them was in the red zone on LSU second drive. Two more were near midfield and directly led to 10 points for Tennessee in the second quarter. So those are those moments that they have to have. And uh, even against LSU, I think LSU converted four or five third and longs. Um, and, and Tennessee 
their pass defense, it's near the bottom of, of the FBS. I think sometimes the uh, the total yards maybe gets held against this defense, maybe a little bit too much because they're on the field so often. Yeah, second um, second worst second worst among Power Five teams. So, but again, some, a lot of teams are throwing against them, and they have the ball for longer because Tennessee's offense is so fast and scores so quickly. Right, and part of the reason that teams are throwing the ball in Tennessee is because they can. The other part is because Tennessee's really good against the run, which is going to make the matchup with Jameer Gibbs really interesting. And Tennessee defense, I think, does two things pretty well that we've seen that stop the run particularly in between the tackles, uh, and, and they're able to get after quarterbacks. Um, they don't have huge sack numbers. I know they had five against LSU, but I think they only had nine going into that game. But um, they really beat up Pitt's quarterbacks. They got after Anthony Richardson pretty well. He, he responded, I think, a lot better than maybe they thought he would just in some of the throws that he made you know, out of pocket. But this pass defense is that, you know, that's why they're giving up some third longs. Um, the third down defense has improved. But, uh, again, it's a, it's a tough situation for defensive coordinator Tim Banks because Tennessee doesn't consistently play zone defense well enough when they go to that and rush four. Uh, the linebackers aren't great. The corner, they just it's too easy, I think, to find soft spots in, in what they play. Uh, and they don't consistently hold up a man in de- man coverage either. So, uh, and I think that'll be another challenge for them when they do that against Alabama because Alabama obviously has some pretty good receivers. So that's a tough life to live when you don't do either coverage options that you have very good. So, um, but again, this defense, it, it's all about those situations, those fourth downs, those third downs, because in their minds, if they can get off the field with a stop, they're thinking that next time they get on the field, there's going to be seven more points on the scoreboard with the way their offense is playing. So we saw in the last two games when they get off the field in those moments, they hold a team to 13 points. When they don't, they give up over 30, game gets down to the wire. Yeah, time of possession doesn't really matter to Tennessee, but it does matter to some to Alabama. Alabama, four of their last five games, they have held onto the ball less than their opponent, which is not not really uh, all that common under Nick Saban. But of course, they just find ways to win. They were minus three in turnover margin against A&M. They still won despite... If you look at the stats these last five seasons across college football, only one in 10 teams still win when they're minus three and turnover margin. That's just Alabama always finding ways to win, even in the quote unquote tight games. So, gentlemen, this is pretty much my last question. Patrick, I'll start with you. What does Tennessee have to do to beat Alabama and what is the likelihood of it? Well, I think they have to hope Bryce Young's shoulder doesn't feel any better the rest of the week. I think that's that's the big key, as Travis touched on. And Travis made a good point that, that Tennessee has played Anthony Richardson and Jaden Daniels the past two weeks. So they don't have to really spend a whole lot of time preparing for Jalen Milrow because they basically played a similar version to him the past two weeks. I would say the game plan, if you're facing Milrow, is pretty simple. Stop the run and, and try to make him beat you as a passer. Um, but with Bryce Young, it's a totally different animal because he can pick you apart, whether you play zone, whether you play man. He always seems to be a step ahead of you and know what you're doing uh, on every play. And, and and with him back there, it obviously maximizes uh, what Alabama's strength in this game against Tennessee's weakness, which is throwing the football. So, But again, that, that's a big question to me. I think if, if, if Bryce Young plays, I think Alabama will probably win this game. If he doesn't, that's Tennessee has, I think, their chances of winning go uh, really increase. And that's not a knock on Miller. I think he's a good player, really good athlete, and, and has done some good things over the past two games. But, uh, I mean, he's the, it's the Heisman winner, right? I mean, he's, he's the guy. You talk about Hendon Hooker trying to make a, a statement in the, Heisman, in the Heisman Trophy race this season. Going against Bryce Young and delivering against, in, in that game is obviously the, the ultimate statement he could make it in this situation. But, again, that, that's the key to me. I, I think if, if Young plays, I think Alabama can can really put up a lot of points and, and can score with Tennessee. And looking ahead at Tennessee's schedule, there's not a lot of teams, I think, left that can really score with this Tennessee team. Alabama is one of them, though, and I think that makes this a tough matchup for the balls. Even at home, even with the momentum that they've got going, I think it's going to be tough if Bryce Young plays. So we'll have to see how that transpires uh, here over the next few days. 
Travis, does Alabama just keep rolling in this series? And and for that matter, if they get Bryce Young back, just get a, a, an immediate jolt of electricity back in that offense? Well, I think he definitely gives them a jolt, Brandon, but it's still a challenge. And I think for Alabama, it's the fast start by Tennessee that you want to try to avoid playing at home. And I call them the shocking balls sometimes because <laughs> they get off to these fast starts. They did it in Tuscaloosa yeah. last year. I mean, it's a 14 to 7 game at the end of the first quarter, and that had everything to do with that game being competitive into the fourth quarter you know so for Alabama it's trying to avoid that obviously you'd love to have the success on third down and and in the red zone like you did and you mentioned time of possession you know Alabama had the ball for more than 40 minutes in that game last year ran 92 plays so they kind of did to Tennessee what Tennessee likes to do to opposing defenses so I don't know if they can replicate that this time around but Certainly can't have the turnovers they had last week. That was the first time since the Ole Miss game in 2015 that they were more than plus two in turnover margin in a game. And, of course, they lost that game to Ole Miss back in 2015. So they were fortunate with their backup quarterback, uh, even with Texas A&M dealing with some things to to sort of survive that situation last Saturday night. So there's a, a multitude of factors that come into play, but I think we all kind of agree if, if Bryce plays that – that helps Alabama's chances exponentially. And who knows? Maybe we're headed to a to a three-match between these teams. Maybe they play in the regular season. Maybe they play in the SEC. And then maybe they play in the college football playoff. How would the rest of college football enjoy that scenario, guys? I don't think they would like that too much, would they? Well, I'd love it because Tennessee well, yeah, would be back, we would. Tennessee's back. Okay. I'm still to, as long I'm as it's not to... Georgia or LSU <laughs> with Alabama. Okay. It's a little bit different I'm... blue blood in the in the mix. I'm still <laughs> trying to wrap my head around Tennessee being in any sort of playoff conversation. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's late while we're doing this. So. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the College Football Daily. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brennan Marcello. We'll see you again here on the show Friday. <laughs>